Hi, welcome back to The More You Know. I'm Dylan. I'm Jacob. And today we are joined by the student body president of UND, Kaylin Reedy. How's it going? So we thought that it would be fun to just kind of learn more about the student body government and what all goes into that. I'm not too knowledgeable on it, but thought that it would be fun to just ask you some questions about your background and what you do as president and what is going on for UND right now. And well, Dylan Jacob, thank you for inviting me on. I'm really happy to be here and I'm glad to talk all about uh, student government in our organization. So the first question that we wanted to start with was what um, is your background prior to becoming student body president? Like what have you yeah. What other positions have you had at UND and sure. like high school if you were in that? And... So yeah, I was asked to speak at, um, I think it was our, an orientation day um, uh, group, or it was more like um, people, admitted students day, that's what it was called. It's for students who were like signed up for UND, they were still making a final decision on whether they wanted to go here or not, and that was like a month ago. And um, during that uh, speech, I talked to everyone about what I did in high school and how that led into student government. And the answer is that I didn't do anything in high school. Uh, I edited my school newspaper. That was pretty fun. Um, I was the news editor or whatever, um, and I kind of helped with the grammar. But other than that, all I did was sit at home, play Call of Duty, occasionally tap into Roblox, because that was pretty fun. Uh, and that was about all I did. And so I had a um, idea when I was getting out of high school. I didn't actually intend to go to UND. I was going to go to our community college in Bismarck. That's where I'm from, uh, Mandan area. So I was going to go to BSC. But then I was like, hmm, maybe I kind of want to do something. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> and so I signed up for UND. I knew that I wanted to actually get involved and do something. And I thought it was cool because I had the opportunity to start over when I got to college. Like, I didn't have all the baggage of high school, I didn't know many people from Mandan who were coming up to UND, and so I could do whatever I wanted. No one knew who I was, so I could say I was successful, I could say I knew what I was doing, you know, I could make things up. And so, um, the first thing I was able to get involved at at UND was the Association of Residence Halls. And student government represents all students, and the Association of Residence Halls, we call it ARH, is that but for res hall kids. So um, we get a group of residence hall representatives together. We meet and talk about issues concerning residence halls, be it the dining centers are serving something that we don't like, or we want them to serve something that we like, or we're hosting a party or something. There's a lot of different things that ARH does, but it was through that organization, and I eventually became the president of that the next year after I just joined it as a rep. Um, it was through that organization that I kind of learned what it means to run a team, like how to actually lead a group I've never done that before. I'd never done it in high school. I'd never really done it elsewhere. And so um, that was my first real leadership experience and it led me to um, try to get into student government. And luckily, uh, throughout my time in ARH, I was able to meet um, fellow student leaders who were also interested in student government, um, most of which ended up becoming my roommates at some point in time. We live over at, um, on Cambridge Street. Uh, Gracie Leon, Molly Payne, my girlfriend, Dawson Duchuk, Matthew Turnus, all student leaders over the last four years or so that have become student body presidents or vice presidents at some point in time. Um, and so I was able to really meet uh, those people through leadership at UND. The really cool thing about UND is that it's small enough that the people who are interested in getting involved in that way, you're going to know each other. Like it's not something that there's so many people and you 
don't know where to go. If you want to get involved at UMD, it's very easy to do so. You just have to try it and then you'll meet the right people. And as are like most offices, you only serve for one year and that's that. I suppose they don't want yep. someone running a monopoly on the game. Well, so in theory, if I wanted to run two terms, if I wanted to pull a Barack Obama or something, I could. There would be nothing stopping me. But oh. usually, usually um, that just doesn't happen. Just because, frowned upon? Um, I wouldn't say so. So, I mean, I just don't think anyone's really tried it. it. It's a lot of work to be president. Like, it takes quite a bit out of you. In theory, someone could, but usually because there's only four years in college that most people take unless they're doing something else. Um, usually, other people want the position, and UND is usually pretty friendly to elect people who are like really wanting to put in the passion. I've never seen someone really want to take a two-term presidency, but in theory, if someone, if I was really passionate, I'm graduating, so I won't be here, but if I really wanted to go a second term, there would have been nothing stopping me from trying to do that. But I also know that of the two um, tickets for president and vice president that are currently out right now, I know they want it and they want to have their experience a lot more than I want to run in for a uh, second try. So I am more than happy to give up my, <laughs> give up the throne. But no, yeah, I mean, if, if anyone really wanted to, they can. I know that um, in ARH, there might be a few people running for president, but the current president, Amanda, she's looking to run two terms for that position. So I don't know. Theory, there's always room. Yeah. What are you studying, by the way? Your political science, which makes sense, and uh, public affairs. So it's a double major. A lot of the similar classes, so. I guess, like, one of our questions was, like, what are you, like, based on your experience you've had here in college, like, um, government leading and stuff, like, what are you planning on doing afterwards? Like, something yeah. along those lines, or? Well, sure. And so the fun thing about being a being political science politics? major, that's the hope. That's the hope. Okay. But you got you to gotta take opportunities as they come. So it's kind of difficult to really plan what you want to do because every other year there's an election. That election may or may not have a victory for who you want to get in. You really have to take things as they hit you as opposed to like put forward a solid career path. But there's always things that you can kind of build. Um, I've tried to establish myself in the Grand Forks community just in case I want to stick around here for a longer period of time because there's leadership that needs to happen everywhere. And so um, I'm looking at a couple different areas. I'm definitely attempting to stay in Grand Forks for at least a few years after I um, graduate. But I'm also looking at Washington, D.C., some of the opportunities that exist up there, working with um, some of the representatives, uh, trying to juggle that. I have some family up there and stuff, so it would make it a little easier to deal with the crazy rent. Um, but also, like, I have family up in New York. I got my girlfriend's family up in Minnesota. And so it's really just trying to figure out where I want to, like, establish myself. And I'm not 100% certain where that's going to be, but I'll take the opportunities as they come. What would be like trying to get involved in politics? You know what I mean. It seems like something yeah. like a grant, like a like a big like, right. like where do you put like put your foot in? Like like, <laughs> yeah. like how do you get your foot in your, like into the door and that kind of thing? No, exactly. And the trick is the trick is, and this exists in more than just politics, but this exists in a lot of different, especially any social career paths. You get your foot in where you meet people. The trick, and you you hear this everywhere, <laughs> is networking. You got to meet people. You got to talk to people. You got to. You continue to meet people so you don't just meet them once and then forget about them. Um, it's all about networking. And taking opportunities as they come, there's not usually opportunities that just fall on your doorstep unless you know someone who's giving you that opportunity. And so that's kind of how you get yourself into politics or into any sort of like sets of business. You usually just have to meet people who do know what they're talking about and everyone wants to like 
get people that they know into positions, into opportunities. And so usually once you start to meet a lot of people, once you kind of get your name established, um, they'll start reaching out to you and they will, um, you can kind of work with them um, in these sorts of things. So, I mean, that's what I recommend all student leaders to do. Like in the end, these positions that you have on campus are really cool, but when you're talking about yourself and where you want to go, use your positions to network. That's the trick. So, so the saying, it's not about what you know, but who you know, or, yeah. or I suppose ideally yeah. both, right? <laughs> well, ideally both. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're completely incompetent, it's going to be tough to <laughs> have anyone trust you, but right, exactly. It is who you know. It's like the more people that you can talk to and become friends with, or at least become acquaintances, the more likely it's going to be that you're going to see new things, find new opportunities for your own benefit. So kind of going off of that, like what are your future goals like if you were to like move to washington dc or move yeah. to new york or move sure to minnesota like what kind of positions or roles would you ideally like to have yeah sure so i enjoy public service it's fun um being a representative and stuff but i would say that personally myself my talents lie in people management um, I have a lot of fun managing teams. Uh, for student government, we hire on an executive team of, I wanna say five people, um, which is like a hiring process, like a job. Um, and they kind of work and do what you ask them to um, according to their positions. And I have a lot of fun doing that sort of thing just cause managing teams and like putting everyone towards a specific goal is something that I've learned I'm pretty good at. And so um, I'm not 100% sure if my long-term like uh, focus is going to be entirely on public service. Maybe I'd find success in the private sector doing something. But the cool thing about like Washington DC, for example, is that because elections swing, you go from your Barack Obama to your Trump to your Joe Biden, like you get swings of who's in charge of the White House. And so people who are in public positions, the White House, like do, serving representatives, doing that sort of thing, they don't have a job for four years or longer. And so they jump over to the private sector and do something else they're good at. And then when the opportunity comes for them to jump back into the public side, they can't because, you know, they have that experience. It just kind of sounds fun, the ability to like, yeah. have that constant excitement. Like you're not sticking with something forever, but on the same hand, you're there long enough to kind of like make connections and do something. So that kind of idea would be really appealing to me. But again, maybe I'll just stick around and grab Forbes and <laughs> run for something who knows so i don't know did we touch on like what exactly kind of going back to the beginning um what exactly is the student body like yeah, sure. what kind of roles do you have and yeah um different tasks that you have to do and i think i sure. wrote like what does your typical week look like as yeah absolutely body president? so one of the things i love about und student government is that you, every student government, like most schools, at least public universities, but also a lot of private ones, have something like a student government. Called student associations, student government, association of student governments, whatever. Um, but usually there's a student leadership. And they can range anywhere from basically being your student council in high school. Like they plan parties or they do like relatively small low key things, all the way to directly influencing state and local policy and representing students. And I'm happy to say that UND student government is one of the latter types. Um, we, one of our primary focuses is we allocate large amounts of our student fee dollars. So what students, they don't pay a whole lot of student fee money, but 
when you know enough students are paying into it, it gets to be a pretty big pot. Um, we allocate where that money's gonna go. And on the same hand, we talk to local and state legislators, leaders, the administration, and basically tell them, what do the students want? Like, our job fundamentally is to know what students want on particular issues. And so um, my, my job personally as president is really to be the best judge, so to say, talk to as many students as possible, talk to my fellow leaders who are in charge of different organizations, have an idea of what's going on around campus, and basically take everyone else's opinions, which can go from one end to the other, and try and formulate that so I personally can have good relationships with our administration, our state and local leaders, and I can tell them myself what I believe the students want for particular things. And so um, it can have a lot of pressure, especially when there's something really divisive. For example, um, take the mask mandate when that came out during COVID. Some students were like, yeah, we need to protect our fellow students. We need to protect our administrators and protect the, flock. Members, protect the flock, so to say. <laughs> and then there were other students who were like, I don't want to wear a mask. Screw that. Yeah. And so two completely different opinions, very passionate on both sides. Student leaders have to be the ones who are in the middle and say, okay, how do we navigate this and do what's both in the interest of all students, but still what's right. And so it's kind of a fine line. And so that's what student government does in a nutshell. And it's really fun. Like it's really fun, especially when you enjoy that kind of thing. Um, my average week, so to say, is mostly just outside of my classwork and whatever else I do. Um, it's mostly just going to a lot of meetings. Um, I have meetings throughout the day, pretty much from um, Monday to Friday, and occasionally on weekends if it's something like, you know, a big public thing. But I go to meetings, and usually it's either me or Dawson, my vice president, occasionally whoever else we appoint. And they just have a particular topic, Arbor Day maybe, um, uh, experiential learning-based things like Ripen, which I can talk about a little bit more um, at some point, but other different things that are going on at the university or state level and they're like, yeah, what do the students want? What do the students think about this specific thing? And over time you kind of get better at picturing, okay, what are the students going to think about this sort of thing? Because I'm not much different from you guys in terms of my own personal interests and the same goes for a lot of students. We generally have some pretty shared ideas for what we want. So um, that's pretty much the gig. It's really just a big time commitment. Like you go to a ton of meetings and sometimes those meetings end up going into like 9 p.m. at night on the worst. So it can get pretty late, but um, it's always fun. It's really rewarding. I, I didn't realize how much like collaboration you do with like you're saying like state and local government. Like so it's like it's it's greater than just on campus, like on yep. campus issues, on camp, like things that students want. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of surprised that even like the state and local like. Yeah. Care or like I like it sounds bad, but like why do they care right. what how much of students think on campus so that's about the exactly off campus or like what like, like those issues right. off campus or No yeah, hundred percent. And that's where like I would have asked the same question when I was first getting into student government. Like what on earth do people outside of campus think about students? <laughs> right. Well and that's where the big stuff happens. So um, there are two real angles to it. Locally, um, UND represents a big portion of Grand Forks. Like we're what they call a college town, so to say. And so the reason that our local, like Mayor Bachensky, our city government, our city organizations are interested in students is because we make up a big population. Like we are partially Grand Forks. Chunk of the economy we're, here. We're a big chunk of the economy. 
And so they like to know what do students think about specific stuff going on in the community right now? What do students want in the downtown community? Like we have a lot of students who sit on campus and they don't exit the campus area except to go to Target or something or go drinking at Joe Black's. What can we do to get them more ingrained in our Grand Forks community? Because there's a lot of cool stuff around Grand Forks, but a lot of students either don't know or they're just uncomfortable, that sort of thing. So that's one area where we um, work locally. Another big area is internships and trying to get um, local internships for students. So Grand Forks wants us to stay as long as they can, but sometimes if there's not opportunities in Grand Forks, why would I want to stay? And so that's another area. We work a lot with local businesses to try and say, hey, consider hiring students. There's a lot of us and most of us are pretty smart. Um, and, so, <laughs> and so on the state level, it gets big because um, higher education, it's more of like a wider higher education lens. We work a lot with other student leaders from other universities. Um, I do a lot of lobbying in the North Dakota Student Association, which is um, our wider student lobbying group where we work with NDSU, all the other, um, I think it's 11 public institutions um, around the state of North Dakota. They all have student governments of their own. So we all come together and we're like, hey, how is this issue in fact, or impacting you? It impacts us this way. How does it affect the smaller schools or our fellow research institution, NDSU, that sort of thing. And then we all go to lobby. We specifically lobby for our own interests on legislative years. So the um, state legislature only meets um, biannually, I guess you'd call it, like every other year. And so this year isn't a legislative year. So the state legislature hasn't met. We don't do lobbying trips up to Bismarck to talk to the representatives. We do all of that more casually because they're not in session. But um, during a legislative year, which would be next year, our next student body administration will be taking trips up to Bismarck saying, hey, certain issues impact students. One example is um, the state legislature in our last session um, tied something called our challenge grant fund, which is money that goes, um, it's like a matching dollar type of thing where our higher education institutions can get a lot of cash for things, um, to put it very simply. But one of our uh, legislators said, hey, you cannot get any of these challenge grant dollars if your institution has anything to do with abortion. It works with Planned Parenthood at all, any sort of stuff like that. Completely unrelated to what the challenge grant dollars are, they were taking a big national issue and trying to tie it to these, um, these higher education funds. Occasionally, you're gonna see stuff like that happen at the legislature. And so we as students need to say, hey, that hurts students and it's just a political targeted attack. That's the kind of stuff that we do on the state level. Like we find things that happen, that's just one example, stuff like that happens all the time we find things that are going to impact students or impact our higher education institutions which then impact students and we have to either say please don't do that legislators or on the other hand we say hey this is an awesome opportunity for students you guys should support this so that's lobbying in a nutshell that's also kind of fun how much how much sway do you feel like you guys have over these you know what i mean like yeah yeah, yeah shockingly a lot um, you might expect legislators to be like, what do these kids think? care? Like, <laughs> but for the most part, um, the student voice holds a lot of sway because ultimately if we as students come out and say, hey, our state is specifically screwing over students, well, that's a bad look. And so they're very open to recognizing, hey, students are an important voice and they're usually really good at listening to us. I mean, there are situations, of course, where that doesn't work out. 
but um, we are usually a really big um, influence on higher education policy. We have student representation at the highest level on the State Board of Higher Education. Um, Gracie Leon, a former UND student body president, um, currently holds that role. And so she is able to um, work with our state governing body for higher education. Um, they do care about the student voice. And that's something I do enjoy about this state. Um, they do care about what students think. And that's not the case a lot of other places. So I guess that kind of brings me to my next question. What projects are you currently yeah. working on? Well, we're at the end say. of the year, so a lot of our projects are kind of coming to a close, or at the very least, they're getting into a point of transition. So I'm kind of like taking where we left off and saying, hey, next student body administration, hopefully you don't completely ignore me. This is a project I was working on. Feel free to keep it up because once you leave for a year, there's no trusting that the next administration will care about what you're doing. One of the cool things we've also been doing is like mental health related, uh, since mental health has, um, excuse my French, got down the shitter uh, over the last couple of years. And um, one of the things that we've really worked to try and improve is we tried to identify different ways that we could improve mental health for students outside of the traditional, like, do more events or get people more involved. And one of the ways that we found we could um, help is through something called the Green Bandana Project. Um, the idea is uh, it takes students through uh, several hours of mental health related training and once they complete it, they get their little certificate and then they also get a green bandana that they can put on their backpack or wear however they want. And it identifies those students as resources for students who might be um, in need. So if you are having a mental health problem, but you don't know where to go, like you want to talk to someone, you don't know where to go. If you see a student wearing one of those green bandanas, you know that they're able to direct you to someone who can help or give a little bit of that assistance themselves they know have the resources on hand for um, the counseling center or an emergency hotline, that sort of thing. And so you never have to be like, well, I have problems, I'm scared, but I have no idea what to do, so I'm just going to not. Because you'll always have students walking around with those bandanas. And that pro program has seen a lot of success at other schools. And um, we have worked with our counseling center to set that up. So it's going to be um, a thing that happens next fall. So students can mm. pop into that. It's um, a really cool thing to say that you're green bandana certified. It's well known nationally. So um, hopefully that'll be something we see a lot of students interested in. Um, and hopefully it'll have a um, market impact on mental health on campus. So um, just two examples, but those are two areas where like totally separate ideas, but student government makes an impact. So then that brings me to the next question of what advice do you or like what would you like to see happen or change at UND in mm -hmm. like next year or sure. in the next few years I yeah what's up oh like I kind of I was like you know like obviously in uh, like larger like national government you know like president to president like things change yeah, so yeah, much yeah, yeah. like is that a common trend in yes. student government or yeah it absolutely is and so um I, I think I can actually tie that question into this one afterwards. Um, so I would say that the one of the big issues that student government faces is since, like we said, there's usually not like administration to administration transitions. Usually if you're interested in student government your sophomore year, you try and stay in the organization your um, junior, senior year. 
Um, but that doesn't always work out. I, I was lucky. I won every election I participated in. <laughs> I'm pretty good at what I do, I guess. But um, like other students might not be so lucky. Maybe there's an administration, their other campaign won, they're out of student government for a year. So there's total transition, almost 100% from year to year to year. Um, usually, the ideas that um, students are passionate about um, kind of go from year to year. Like uh, Eric Hansen, probably about, I think, three years ago, four years ago at this point, um, he was big into promoting experiential learning. Well, I took that back up. Um, but last year with Matthew Turnus, he was very passionate about student health and not just mental health, but physical health and tried to promote health and well-being as his primary projects throughout campus. So priorities change. Um, and certainly like how um, fiscally conservative or liberal, so to say, we are with our spending. And that's usually the biggest area where like, whether you're conservative or liberal impacts student politics is like what you want to spend. Um, that can kind of change from year to year, but there is a lot of change. And um, to tie that into what I hope myself changes into you know the following years, um, Something that I'm really happy to see this year is that there are two um, uh, campaigns trying to bat it out for who gets student government next year. The last two elections that I was in, where I was vice president and president, you were uncontested. I didn't run against anyone. Um, and that wasn't entirely because there was no interest. Um, I, you know, made sure I was, you know, trying to, I was trying to get to that position. You take but, out your opponents. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> government's it's like Game of Thrones. No, just kidding. But um, no, like there was a lot of student apathy, uh, and COVID hurt that. But there was a lot of apathy for like getting involved and trying to actually like, you know, take your time and do something. A lot of students and mental health was a big aspect of this. Um, didn't really want to do anything but sit in their rooms or occasionally visit their friends and go to class online, go back to bed, watch Netflix, that sort of thing. And I, I can relate to that on a fundamental level because if I could be doing that right now, I would be. Um, but I want to encourage more students to see, the, um, to see the value in putting yourself out there, taking on leadership positions, just trying it out because you're never going to get a better opportunity to see what things are like in the real world when it comes to leadership than getting involved in things like student government or ARH, or any of the other 200 plus student organizations that we have on campus. And um, I'm happy to see that there's a lot more excitement going into this year, because hopefully that's, uh, that proves that students are kind of getting back into things, like they're kind of getting out of the rut that was COVID-19 and all of the purely online stuff. Um, hopefully we're going to see some more activity. And we've already seen like, um, I don't know how often you two get around campus, but there's a lot more students just walking around. Like, it's good to see that there's people outside the frats right now. Uh, they might have gone inside, I don't know. But it's good to see that there were people out yeah. there busting the music because it shows that people are like really energetic. Like they're out there, they're having some fun. Even the union here, there's a lot of people just sitting around talking to each other, enjoying things. I just want to see more activity on campus. And I think we've been seeing some of that and I hope it's going to continue yeah. next year. Then, what advice do you have for whoever the next student body president is and whatever sure. the next administration is? Absolutely. And my biggest piece of advice that I've given to um, student leaders who are coming into either my shoes or getting into these positions, talk and recruit and try and sell student leadership to young leaders. 
um, especially incoming freshmen or you know sophomores, people who are just kind of getting into leadership. Um, the biggest thing that I try and ask um, leaders like myself, I'm a fifth year, I'm old, I might not look it, but I am old. And um, I try and make sure that we include younger leaders in everything we do because that's the way that you ensure like future leaders. Like if you just have one group of people, they're all fourth years or fifth years like you and you're running the show entirely, then once you all graduate the next year, they just have to figure their own stuff out. And so my biggest piece of advice for the next administration is going to be make sure that you take time and take your resources to include um, younger leadership and try and make sure that you give as many students the opportunity to get involved with things like student government or student leadership as possible. Because that's how we can really like help promote the future of UND into years to come. What advice do you have, have for anyone wanting to get into student government while they're in school like yeah. um, I know that you've said that just kind of jump into different positions but like is yeah. there an actual starting spot that sure well I would have two different oh yeah what's up are you like you mentioned like you uh when, once you start in the, like the residence hall position like yeah. you kind of learn what it means to be a leader like what like exactly. what would you consider some of the key attributes of a leader or yeah that I kind th- of thing I almost think that the biggest key attribute for a leader is um, there's all sorts of different things that you could say, this is what it means to be a leader, this is what it means to be a leader. But the biggest thing I've seen that differentiates people from like true leadership, from, I don't know, sort of leadership, like you're just in charge of something but you're not really running things, is to be self-driven. To set a goal, whatever that goal is, and work to achieve it, no matter how you have to do that. That's the attribute of leadership that I've seen in the most successful leaders, at least around campus, so who knows. But that, that's what I've seen in successful leaders throughout my time, is self, that self-driven drive to do what you are trying to achieve. And um, I would say that my biggest piece of advice for people who do want to get into leadership, or even for people who don't want to get into leadership, is literally just like join an organization. Start with that. Join something. It doesn't have to be a student organization. Join a organization. Like, get out of your shell. Get out of just your immediate only classes. Join a fraternity. Join a student organization. Join a local organization. Join something. Once you do that, if you enjoy what you're doing, then try and seek some sort of, like, office of responsibility. Maybe it's your treasurer position, your secretary position. Maybe you have the... um, Call to actually go for president or something like that, but just try it. Go up for an elected position. Try and talk to people. Try and sell your case. Try and try and do some leadership in that, because a lot of people, including myself, don't know that they have the aptitude for leadership until they're thrust into the point of leadership. Uh, there's a quote about that. What is it like? Um, uh, something about great men. Anyway, I forget. I, I, had a, I, I would have sounded really smart if I just thrust out a quote right there. But um, my point is, like, a lot of people, like, don't know that they're good at leadership until they do. And so if you can find an opportunity for leadership, even if it's something small, something that you can take on piece by piece, something that's comfortable, I would ask students to just try it. And um, in terms of student government, the cool thing, like I said about our campuses, we're so small. If you want to get involved, you can't. It's not hard. I'm like not that exclusive with my time. Like I'm a phone call away. If someone was like, hey, Kaylin, how do I get involved in student government? I would tell them, like I would give them like my best um, 
advice on how they can just get into our organization next year. And the student government's weird because you have to go up for election to get a position that happens in April. I think election packets are, I don't think they're due yet, but they're at least like due probably next week. Like, um, it's kind of hard to get into student government specifically, but it's not hard to get into committee appointments or uh, student leadership in general. Like there's all sorts of areas that you don't have to be elected into to lead and to represent your fellow students. And so I would just ask students to just try it out because it's really not that hard and you never get an opportunity like you have at UND again after you graduate, so. Well, I guess my last question was, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about or mention or anything that you... I don't have anything crazy that I want to mention. I think things are winding down for the year, but um, hopefully April 13th is student government elections. Um, if you guys are around campus, you will know that it's student government elections because it's going to be wild. Um, I don't know how much you guys remember. Were you, you were here prior to COVID, right? Like, uh, I, I was. How was the NDSU? Yeah, he transferred. Gotcha. Um, and when did you uh, first come to UND? 2019. 2019. Yeah. So you would have remembered, I think, at least one year of crazy student body elections, right? When everyone's got the pizza and the tables and stuff. Yeah. Well, it's looking to happen again this year, and so that's what I'm really excited about. I'm interested now. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, highly recommend it. Uh, find yourself on a campaign or something, try and volunteer. It's the coolest stuff you can possibly do. Like, um, I'll be out there campaigning on campaign day. It's going to be fun. Um, it's like, UND has the most fun student body elections out of any university that I've ever personally, like, toured or seen. So, um, highly recommend to at least check it out on April 13th. Like, walk around, take some pizza, talk to people. It will be a blast. And maybe it'll be some good podcast material or something. Who knows? Maybe you'll huh. find someone. Yeah, you huh. can just, uh, just like, go around interviewing people. Little, Honestly. Like, five-minute conversations. That's hey. a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, I, I guess with that, um, if there isn't anything else, then I think that that about covers all the questions that I had written down. Sounds good. Oh, maybe something non-business. What are like your yeah. hobbies? What hobbies? What well, yeah? Yeah. Uh, what like? What do you enjoy doing? Well, so um, admittedly, this year I haven't had nearly as much time to enjoy things Fair as enough. I um, want to. But I've been—I'm a big gamer, so I've been playing as much as I can when I have the time. Elden Ring. I don't know if you guys have seen anything of that. It's like Dark Souls, um, but I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring. I used to play quite a bit of CS:GO, but. Then I just got too angry every time. I was like, oh God, this is more work than it is to play. So uh, I don't do that as much anymore. Um, let's see. I don't really do a whole lot of physical activity because I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's that. I, was, I, I tried curling for the first time like about oh. a month ago. And I learned I'm actually pretty good at it, which is wild. Because I'm not good at anything else. So... I was I like, like intramural and stuff like that. I was tempted. I almost, I almost signed up for it, but then I was like, oh god, I don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah, it's one downside of all this stuff. Like, yeah. you don't have time to do fun things. But um, now, nah. otherwise, uh, whenever I just get the chance, me and my girlfriend Molly, we like to just like go travel where we can. So sometimes we just go off on spontaneous car rides to random towns and stuff, and just try and hit up the local eateries. Uh, we just made it up to Fargo not long ago and did Pounds, and that was one of the best oh. restaurants I've ever been to. Delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually where I'm from, so, so that's why yeah, I was at NDSU. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's about all I do. Also, I'm a big Star Wars guy. I read a lot of Star Wars oh, books. Nice. I've, read like, I've read like 70 Star Wars books, if I look at my book counter that I check off. Uh, big <laughs> Star Wars dude. <laughs> and wow. so um, that's pretty much my, like, I guess 
general hobby is just reading and playing and watching Star Wars. Wait, do they have like a whole bunch of? I didn't. Do they have a whole bunch of like like series and stuff? Just like random. Oh yeah. What the heck? No. What do you mean? All right. Well, so the podcast can't see this, but here's a little fun thing that I have in my office. Um, this is just one example of a random uh, Star Wars. Oh my gosh! This is the Book of the Sith. Like, there's tons of stuff like this that just that, has oh like. Oh my gosh! Wow! It's like just all Star Wars lore. There's so many books on like historical that Star Wars stuff. Like, yeah, there's all sorts of fun lore that things a, that you can engage with. That was a whole so you have a third major in Star Wars. Dude, that's yeah. for sure. I put together these little models. One day I'll paint them, I think. But uh, it's like a little Death Star. Wow, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. No, I, there's all sorts of stuff, dude. Like, there's all sorts of um, Star Wars things out there. So Who writes all this stuff? Like, is it a lot of the same people? Or Yeah, so it, well, it's crazy because there used to be so much Star Wars, like, books and things. And then when Disney took over, it was like 2013. Um, Disney took all of that and said, hey, all of this doesn't matter anymore. Um, we're going to be making new stuff, and whatever you knew in the books no longer applies. <laughs> then the fans, <laughs> like me, didn't really like that because we'd been reading Star Wars all our lives, and then we were told, hey, none of this matters, forget about all of it. And that's like right. at least like 45% of my space in my brain is dedicated <laughs> to that shit. So I, yeah, I could just forget it. And so after fans threw a fit, basically they keep bringing stuff back from all the old books and old characters that were only in the books and stuff like that. So there's a there's a whole lot of stuff though. Like there are Star Wars is probably one of the biggest like sci-fi franchises in terms of like book count and stuff, just because there's so much like material. Like the movies aren't even like a, the smallest part of it. Like that's just a little bit of a fraction. So that's when you know you meet a true Star Wars fan or not, yeah. whether they've they've read <laughs> they've read all the yeah oh, not yeah. enough to watch. The movies. Oh yeah, it's not even close. The oh. movies are cool. Like I like them, but nothing like a good book. So huh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. That's oh. cool. What do you guys do? I guess I spend most of my time at Arby's, but Arby's. Yeah, I work at Arby's. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I do. I was gonna say like like roast beef sandwiches a lot or something, but it's <laughs> I like the roast beef. Sandwiches. I mean, once you work somewhere, you kind of get sick of the food. Oh, I don't. I don't blame you. So yeah. I mean, other than that, I just like um, I like to cook and travel, and I'm going. I'm going to Washington D.C. this summer, actually. Oh, nice. Well, um, me, Gracie, and Molly, they're my roommates. Um, we all went up to Washington, D.C. for spring break. It's a really cool place. I don't know if you've ever been there before. I, I haven't, no. The museums are awesome. Like, you kind of need to plan beforehand to, like, get into them, but they're top-notch. Yeah, I know. Um, Smithsonian would be cool. Yeah, yeah they're I, all awesome. I know that we're going to the Smithsonian. The, the tough part about those is you might have to like sign up in advance. Like you might have to just do research on how to get into them because if you try to do it the day of, it might not work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we thought. But we we got to all of them. Highly recommend. What do you do? Table tennis. Table <laughs> tennis. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. No. No. I'm that's in. Awesome. I'm an intramural right now, and that's really fun. I mean, I'm not doing the best, but sure. <laughs> I actually I, I started a club in high school, and they had a league in Fargo and stuff like that. So sure. I'd be I'd be in there training. Oh yeah, but I get it. I kind of, I kind of wish there were like, I wish there was high school table tennis. I'd be the first one to sign up. Like I would go to practice. Like you know what I mean? Like I would yeah. do that so easily. Like I love it, but <laughs> I feel bad. Yeah, yeah no. I didn't, that. Those are my favorite types of sports, right? Like racket sports. Like if I had to like 
if I had to force myself to do a particular sport, I don't know if I do real tennis, but like badminton, table tennis, no, like I those sorts of racket sports, those are, those are fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for inviting me, you guys. Like, yeah, yeah. Always love to just, always love to just talk and podcast. Yeah. It's always fun stuff. So. Well, good. Thanks stuff. for being a guest. And always yeah. a pleasure. <laughs> well, I guess with that, thanks for listening. Um, I feel like that was a pretty interesting episode. We will see you or you guys will listen to us next time i don't know exactly how that works or what you would say for that but yeah hear you later yeah hear you later (laughs) yeah tune in next time